Hey there, welcome to Contracts and Chaos. My name is Alyssa. And I'm Brenna. And we're here to tell you that you are not alone in the mayhem of our real estate industry. We're keeping it real and sharing our stories, strategies, and successes in today's real estate world. So a happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Yes. So uh, we are going to be talking about spooky scaries with a few different genres, right? It's all yeah, about real estate. Subjects within, like, I guess, subtitles within the subject of real estate. Yeah. Scary agents, Ooh. scary MLS, scary showings. Where do you want to start? Do you want to talk about MLS? What we've seen in the MLS? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's so funny and I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I've used cozy, charming, (laughs) all of the descriptive words we've got, but there are some, there are some things that you see in the descriptions in MLS that I always just shake my head because I know exactly what it means and it means run most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I can admit to that. I have one right now that says investor special. (laughs) We all know what that means. Yeah. We need a cash offer. Cash offer. Sweat equity. Yeah. Sweat equity or, you, yeah, you can put a tenant back into it, but this isn't going to be a six-figure rental. Like, mm-hmm. this is going to be not great. Mm-hmm. If the price seems too good to be true, there is a reason. Mm-hmm. For sure. I saw one yesterday. I was like, how is this house at this price and I reached out and like actually we're uploading information into the um, disclosures, the PDFs in the MLS, it has foundation issues. And I was like, oh, that would do it. Yeah, yeah. thank you for that. There is, a, I mean, and it doesn't have to be a spooky scary because I have I have recent experience with this, but going back, if like if you've seen a house that, you know, it's back on the market for the third time, first of all, yes, red flag. Second of all, call the agent and ask yeah. what happened. Don't just write that off because so many other people are like, oh, it's been on the market for 90 days and it's fell out of contract twice. It could be that it's moldy and falling apart, that the seller's unreasonable, sure. Or it could be circumstances beyond anybody's control that it came back on the market three times. Right. Right. It could be some experience. Yeah. It could be that the buyer couldn't sell their house, like it was an offer with a contingency. It could be that the buyers decided to get a divorce the week before closing and they can't carry it without the other. So yeah, yeah. it could be it any could, number of things. But the house is beautiful. That was a gorgeous house. That was a gorgeous house. Gorgeous house. Um, my, one of the still people are putting in these listing descriptions that say, book your showing today. This won't last long. And when they started doing that in 2020 and 2021, like, we get the we get it okay it's going to be gone by lunch we understand but now it's just it's it didn't need to be put in there then and i don't think it needs to be in there now well i think if you are putting it in now and you're still on the market a week later you should take go it. back and edit your description because if i see one that's been on the market like there was one the other day that had that on the market for over 100 days won't last long wait what Excuse me. What what do we consider long? Right. Um, information deemed accurate by your agent to confirm. Like it is your job to confirm that information before you list a house. It may not be perfect. There have been times where like square footage is a little different, but that's why I pay someone to measure it. And my client argued with me on it. She said, "Well, no, my original. She said it was on the deed. I'm like it's not on the deed, but her original 
um, blueprints said one thing. They'll change like post-construction. Sometimes there's a couple inches here, a couple inches there. Always measure it, never go by the tax records. But if you are saying that, what that says to me as the buyer's agent is you have not done your job and who knows what the heck is happening in this house. Which putting that in the MLS, my broker in charge, FKW was like, that doesn't negate you from being negligent or whatever the case may be. Like putting that in there doesn't help you at all if anything was to come to light. So just putting it in there, just like, again, it just, it's one of those things, like it shouldn't necessarily raise a red flag, but I feel like it does. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Do you have anything else in the MLS you want to talk about or you want to go to what we've seen scary at showing? Uh, yeah, let's, let's do showings. You want to go first? You've got a couple. Yeah. So, so, um, let's see. Oh, the pot house. Oh my God. This was literally my first client. Literally. My my first closing's written on here too. Wait. Okay. Yeah. So my first client was going from her first house was a townhouse. So we were selling that. It was in 2021. So it was gone in a day and she wanted a house house was buying with the boyfriend, but the boyfriend wasn't financially tied to it. And they wanted a yard and either a pool or the possibility to add one. And they took us, or I took them, because they chose it to go see a log cabin. So when you get there, there's a barn that's full of stuff that's all falling in. The driveway is a shared driveway up around the back with another house that has a full-size greenhouse, its own water source, Mm -hmm. and, um solar panels, like a field of them. It's 100% off the grid. I'm like, okay, that's random. Like, we get there, the owner is there, wasted, like white girl wasted. He said, my wife's decided to divorce me and blah, 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 blah. Like, this is what's happening and she won't let it, let me keep the house. So we got to get rid of it. When they bought it, because it only, they'd only owned it for six months. They never, in Inspected septic, well, termite, anything. He did not have a termite bond on the log cabin. And there was a pond, but he had no idea what was happening with it with koi fish. So I'm like talking to my clients and I'm like, hey guys, I think you really need to think about this. Like the dream here is amazing that you both work full time out of the home. Then I realized the front of the house is flat, but on the inside, there's a room that's cut out. Like it used to look like maybe there was a sun porch or something that they closed in. Yeah. And the door's locked. So I, I open it and I'm like, okay, there's a trap door in the floor. Like, like in a movie, like you would see in a pirate ship, trap door with the ring to pull it up. My client opens it up and there's a cement room in the basement, in the crawl space, like its own room built of cinder blocks. It was a pot growing room. Like my client climbed down the stairs and I'm recording it the whole time because I'm like, Oh my God, please don't die, please. I, I need proof if something happens. <laughs> no, it was a whole pot growing room. And so the guy, we asked the guy, we're like, hey, what's up with that room? He's like, oh, the pot growing room? He's like, they cleaned it out, but that the house behind us is totally off the grid. That's why. Either the DEA or the ATF is going to knock in your door in the middle of the night and they're going to be looking for people who don't live here anymore. Or someone from a cartel somewhere is going to knock <laughs> in your door in the middle of the night because these people owe them money. I was like, that's where my brain is going here. And they're like, no, 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 like we really want it, we really want it. And I was like, okay. I remember calling my mom as I was leaving and just being like, oh my God. 
they beeped in and they're like, never mind, you're right. Because I was like, oh, I just don't think this is like, if this is what you want, this is what you want. And I'm not going to tell you you can't buy this. But but can we please look at the entire picture and not just the romanticized log cabin in the woods? Right. Wow. Yeah, that was my, my first client ever. That's hilarious. Well, since you did your first client ever, I'll do my first client ever. Um, so this lady, I got an off city lead. I immediately called her. She says, there's this house. Gave me the MLS number. I want to go see it. I was like, okay, me, newbie. I need proof of funds. Uh, are you pre-approved? Like, yada, yada, yada. She's like, I have cash, and I want to close in 10 days, and I want to buy this house. And I was like, oh, okay, great. And my team leader was like, you can show the house, right? Okay, cool. So I drive out, and same thing. Middle of nowhere, it's a single-wide trailer on, like, four acres, right? And uh, the showing was accepted. We go up. I unlock the door, like get the key out of the box. And since then I have started taking the key out of the box, knocking on the door and then unlocking, right? Cause I open the door, flick the lights on. There is a man, the, the owner there in his tidy whities in his recliner, smoking a cigarette. And he like looks up and he's like, you here to look at the house? And I'm like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is now a bad time? And he said, oh, no, I saw, I saw, I come on in. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. He's like, I'll step outside. My clients, like, look at me. They don't look phased at all. And I'm like, I just don't know if this is how this is supposed to go. So anyways, we tore through the house. She's like, it's not worth the list price, right? And uh, he's standing on the front porch, and he po pokes his head in. He goes, no worries. He's like, the, the agent said that I could get this much out of it blah, blah, blah. I got to do this. I got to do this. Naming off all the things that he has to do with this money. And he's like, honestly, I'd sell it for X, Y, Z, which was $62,000 less than the list price. Now, mind you, it was only listed at $99,000. Um, so he was going to sell it for like 30 something, not even. These people, the buyers looked at me and she's like, can we write an offer? And say new agent. I have a folder in my front seat that has the offer written out, the buyer agency agreement. We spread it all out on the trunk of my Honda Civic, signed everything in his driveway. And I scanned it with my phone, sent it to the listing agent. I said, I know you're not going to like the numbers on this, but the seller already agreed to it. We closed in 10 days on that property at $37,000 that was my that was my first closing and it was just that is amazing it was like three weeks after i got my license it was fun though so i have one more and it wasn't this was we had gotten through listing we were under contract mm -hmm. it was a vacant piece of land that the seller had at one point started building on and never finished and hadn't been to the property in 20 years so people have been dumping on it what he had built there was literally trees growing through it now and he insisted that it was worth four times the actual value. And I needed the business, so I took it. Mm -hmm. Well, I got him under contract at the asking price. And it was, it seemed too easy. It was a cash offer, so I didn't have to worry about anything. It became like very violent over the phone, like threats. I was started recording phone calls because I was like, mm -mm, no. He got, something's up, got so violent and angry with me that I paid the attorney out of my commission an extra $500 because when I offer, I'm a notary, so I will do remote closings and then bring the documents back, which is what I was going to do for him because he had like transportation issues and stuff. 
I no longer felt safe because in the middle of this, literally two days before closing, I finally ran a forewarned background check on him because mm -hmm. who thinks the little senior citizen man is going to be, oh no, he has a very violent criminal past. And so I no longer felt comfortable and thank God for this attorney because he was like, yep, totally understand. I've got it. And I'm going to call the police on my way there to make sure that there's someone around the corner while I do this. Mm -hmm. He signed everything. Everything went fine. But it was just like, it was terrifying to the point where I wasn't sleeping. Like my face from stress got stuck, <laughs> literally stuck like this. And because I was like, I don't know if he's going to fix. He was threatening to sue me, threatening to have me arrested, all these things. And I was like, like, I, I, I don't even feel like I'm doing a good job telling this story <laughs> because it was terrifying. That had to be their moment. Yeah, and it was just like little old man. But then, so I guess my advice is, whether they're sellers or buyers, especially internet leads, run the background check. Get the forewarn app. Some MLSs pay for it. Um, here, South Carolina Association of Realtors pays for it for us. Run it on everyone because some people seem super nice. Um, my my last one is just kind of like so. One of my listings recently, it, we took, gosh, it was almost six weeks for her to do some things around the house and get it ready to list, especially right now. Like we can't just throw properties on the market and they're going to get eaten up, up by 50 people, you know? So I showed a house, gosh, it was a few months ago now, and the sellers were collectors and they collected Chucky dolls. And everything pig, like little, little baker pigs, little like cookie jar, you know, everywhere. And we walked into this house and it was a young family that I'm showing. And the little girl was like, she was not interested, right? Because there were dozens of Chucky dolls. Like, yeah, that, even, I mean, calls, even if you've never seen a movie, those dolls are scary. They are scary. I was like, oh, I'm going to have nightmares tonight because they were, they were on the beds. You open a closet, there's a Chucky doll in the closet. And I was like, why couldn't we just box these up? Just put them in storage. Even if you don't have storage, just box them up so it looks like you're ready to move. Yeah, it's because it was a cute little house. It really was. The problem was for my clients, they couldn't see anything past all of the, the little pig magnets and the Chucky dolls. Like that's all that they took in from that showing. So I was like, man, and sometimes I see on the MLS like some stuff in pictures and I'm like, just move it. Right. Take it out. I had a seller a couple of years ago that she had a, a mannequin upstairs that she would dress on the daily that she had like uh the mannequin had a name like all the, and I was like, we've got to put I'll call her Charlene because I don't remember what the mannequin's name was. Like we've got to put her in the closet, and she was, she would not, would not. And I was just like, so funny. It, it, I mean, you know, each their own. We all have our thing, but if you're selling your house, like I always tell my clients, we need to make this feel for other people like they're coming to a hotel or an Airbnb. It needs to be neutral. Yeah, we're promoting a product at this point. This right. isn't your the memories, the home that you've made it over the years. Like this is somebody else's new beginning. Exactly. And that's, that's what we try to. Yeah. Let's start with scary agents because I, one of my like favorite real estate things is when you see the business card or their for sale sign and then you meet them and you're like, oh, you haven't <sighs> updated that in 20 years. Okay. I got that for the first time the other day. 
Don't you? Uh, yeah, well, I went to that Empower Women luncheon and gave out my business card and some lady goes, who's this? And I was like, oh, it's me. I know my hair looks different. She's like, doesn't look anything like you. That picture is less than six months old. Oh, I, very controversial. I don't even have printed business cards, so. I have them for situations like that, but I saw a tip um, in one of our trainings the other day that even instead of using the QR code, which is something I utilize, but have not found to be that successful with, that with the way the new iPhone software is set up, make sure your contact card is amazing and like build a separate one. I have a separate one that's Alyssa Curry, a realtor. It's gorgeous. And they said, instead of just giving them your QR code to gather their information, be like, hey, let me text you my contact. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's a genius way to do that because then it gives me their phone number too. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, that's going to be my thing. Like, I'll keep some business cards for situations like that. But yeah. people I know were just talking about where to get business cards printed. And they asked me, and I was like, I haven't printed business cards in two and a half years. Yeah. I just had some made when I switched firms because obviously in case I needed some, mm -hmm. but they're not something I carry. Like I have them in my purse because actually I saw listing notes today, MLS, please leave card. I don't understand that. I don't, I really don't get that. My, so for me, I know that I had a seller once and older an older gentleman and he wanted a showing to like leave a card so he knew that they actually came to the property i can understand that because i did just have oh i have a listing where a lot of, it's vacant and a lot of people are not showing up when i check the the um, super box mm -hmm. yeah and i'm like oh i guess it's okay that it's vacant but that's also i don't do overlapping which maybe i'll change it to but so now you've taken a showing away from somebody, from somebody else yeah one thing that I'm de dealing with right now on one of my transactions is the agent knows nothing about our transaction, or at least that's how it feels like, right? I'm the listing agent and the lender has reached out in a group email and been like, have you, do we have an attorney, right? And I have, like, I've been in touch with the attorney. We've done the seller information docs, like all that stuff. And the letter's like, I have no information. We're like two weeks out from closing. And so I like respond and include the information and still nothing from the realtor. And two weeks later, she replied and said, I'm so glad you shared the information. Where are we on this? They haven't scheduled an inspection. We'll talk about that too. And oh no, nothing. And I'm just like, this is bizarre. That's really bizarre. Like, it makes me wonder, is she so busy with business that she maybe should hire a transaction coordinator? Maybe. Maybe because she, that's the appraisal I had told you about this morning. Like, she didn't know that the appraisal had been ordered, that the appraisal was even done. None of it. It was just, like, maybe it made me feel like I'm like, wow, maybe I'm just, like, in everybody's business about it everything always but right well and like I think that brings us to a topic we need to cover in another episode of how to stay organized during a transaction on either side as the buyer agent or the seller's agent like there's so many tools especially free ones like I utilize Trello it's a checklist and I when I'm under contract I log in every day to see okay where are we at with things have we found this like and then if we haven't I put a reminder in my calendar yeah like with like an emoji so it pops out and I know you have to do this. I feel like you can't over communicate 
you know, and even the people who don't need a lot of communication, they're like, wow, like she is a rock star, you know, like I've not had to ask a question one time. Right. I feel bad when they do ask a question. I'm like, oh, actually, that's a good question. Right. Let me find out. Yeah. I, and I, I fell victim to this yesterday, new buyers. They want to be closed by December. So I was like, okay, we got to get hustling. Didn't think about the fact that they're from out of state. Mm. I didn't walk them through a buyer agency agreement. So when I sent it, he got real offended because the state they're from doesn't require one. Right. So I had to step back at the showings last night and be like, hold on, let's talk about this. I'm sorry. I made it from out of state. This is a normal thing here. And here's what, here's what it says. Here's how I apply it in my business. Um, so yeah, that communication is important. Is Listing great, agent, buyer agent. I've worked with a, a hefty handful of out-of-state people the last couple of years, and it's so crazy to me how different every state is. Yeah. Uh, I'm working with somebody from, from Florida, too, and her listing her condo, like the things that don't apply here in North Carolina, and then explaining to them buyer agency agreements and due diligence, of all things, is just so funny because they've never heard of it. Yeah, never yeah, it's it. interesting, correct. There's also an agent scary. When someone asks you, like, what happened? Why did it fall out? Um, don't tell the people at the open house what the previous contract price was. Like, she laid it all out. I knew everything. Well, another one I guess I would say to everybody out there is you get the listing and then you ghost. You know, don't be a ghost on Halloween. Yeah, don't be a ghost. Sign that agreement and then you never hear anything from them again until you have an offer on the table. And... I had a, a listing a couple of months ago that I was the second person to list the house and they just, they hadn't had any, I asked what their feedback was. Was it too high? Did it need repairs? Like what was the information that they received? And it, we didn't. Did you have showings? Yes. You don't know what they said? No, they didn't write an offer. And that's all, <laughs> that's all they knew. And I was like, okay, so we just started from square one, but like. Right. Like I always, what, no matter what the feedback is, when showing time says you have feedback, publish. Mm -hmm. And then like you, every Monday I come in and I don't normally like give them like a written out. I do a screen recording of showing time to say, here's how many showings, here's the percentage of what that, those feedbacks look like, here's the written, and this is what I think we need to do. And I actually need to do mine today because yesterday was a little crazy. But my, my sellers know like every Monday or Tuesday that will come through. And then that's where I open to say, okay, I think we're on the right track price-wise, or I think we need to make this adjustment. What do you think? Where are we at with things? And I can't imagine just like even one of my clients went out of town and I went over and checked out her house. Cause I was mm -hmm. like, let's just double check and make sure everything's okay. Well, she's on vacation. And she thanked me because I sent her a video. I was like, Hey, I'm over here. We're taking some video for social media while you're gone. And I didn't go in the house. I just wanted to show the great view in the backyard. But she was like, oh, my God, thank you. Like, I feel better knowing someone's paying attention to my house. And I was like, oh, that wasn't my intent. But, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's uh, it's expectation management, too, you know, having that those conversations on a regular weekly basis. Right now, we're moving, you know, from um, a momentum, a speed-based market from the last couple of years back to a, a skill-based 
marketing skill and strategy. So having those conversations, even over the last two years, I know things were flying. They didn't really need a weekly update because we weren't on the market for a week. But now, like, here we go. Here's the information that I have for you. Here's, I think we're good for a week. You know, if it's been only one week on the market and everything else stays on market before going under contract, is it like 24 on average? I'm not worried after the first weekend. You know, it's just, just wait. Yeah. Wait it out. Yeah. And that's, I think that brings back to like, don't be a ghost. You have to communicate with your clients because then when you do get that listing and it does finally close successfully and they give you a review, we want that to be positive because that review is going to help lead to further business. Right. Yes. Happy trick or treating. I hope we, this is something we should have talked about, but I think we need to use it in the next episode, maybe for the next upcoming holidays. I hope you are doing something tonight to promote your business in your neighborhood. Even if it's just wearing a realtor t-shirt or something like that, don't be cheesy and attach your business card to the candy you're handing out to kids. Like that's awful, but do something. Like I'm I'm partnering with an insurance agent and a mortgage broker. We have a photo op set up. We have a yard card set up in her yard. We are handing out jello shots to the grownups and candy to the kids. Oh, fine. And just as a like, hey, we're here. There will be nothing branded. Nothing. Like I've told them, if that's what you want to do, I'm out because that this is not, but I hope you are doing something to leverage this holiday for your business because this is an easy one. There's lots of ways you can get in there. Yeah, for sure. But we'll be back next week, Tuesday. So yes, come see us every Tuesday. Touch. We'll see you guys soon.